we read about heaven and all of its glory the story is true john was able to see it's shining perfection in every some golden street there's a place just for me I'll have a room with a view the sights I will see there the saints of all ages they will kneel at his feet Just one look will do to prove it's a room, a room with a view. There's only one reason why I'd have a home there. I'm going because Jesus died for my sins and though I'm unworthy and so undeserving because of God's grace he will welcome me in I'll have a Just one look will do to prove it's a room, a room with a view. All of the things there to see, nothing else matters.
Thank you, Jenny. That was a blessing. You know, it reminds me, when you go and book a hotel, you can either get the ocean view or you can get the garden view. And it, usually the ocean view is more expensive and the garden view is a little bit less expensive. But you know what? Every view of heaven will be the best view we can have. And we'll be there forever with our Lord because of what he's done for us. And we're thankful that we can look beyond this world with all its struggles and toil and sin and pain and all these things to what we're going to have in heaven, which will be greater than anything we've ever seen or experienced on this earth. And for those who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, today's the day to accept him, to choose him, to decide for Jesus, and say with the hymn writer, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Shall we just open in a word of prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that we're saved today. We're thankful that our names are written in heaven, and we look forward to heaven, Lord. I like what Jessica has on her bumper stick, on her license plate, living for heaven. And Lord, help us to each one be living for heaven today. Help us to realize that time is short. There's many souls to save. There's much work to be done for your kingdom. And we pray that you will spur us on, Lord, to the finish line. And we just pray that you will speak to our hearts through your word today. And may you encourage us and challenge us in our walk. And we just pray that you'll hide me behind the cross, Lord. And we just ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. You know, one of the greatest powers that God has given to man is not muscular power. And it's not even nuclear power. But it's the power of the will. Imagine, God has given you and me the power of choice, the power to decide. He could have made us like robots to automatically obey him. Would have saved him a lot, wouldn't it? The earth wouldn't be destroyed like it is. There wouldn't be sin around. It wouldn't be corrupt and evil. There would be all love and goodness. But that wouldn't give any glory to God, would it, if he forced on us without our choice in the matter. So he gave us a free will, knowing that many would decide against him. Many would not receive him as Lord and Savior. And yet, there would be those who would, who would accept the invitation and decide to follow Jesus. For that, he gave us the power of the will to decide. And so many times in life we have decisions to make, don't we? Sometimes they're big decisions, sometimes they're little decisions. Sometimes decisions have, and what they do is they have immediate consequences. Other decisions have decisions that will last for the, your whole life. And then there are those really important decisions that have eternal consequences. And those decisions are the most important decisions of all. Because you can make the wrong decision and all the other ones, but if you make the right decision to follow Jesus, to accept him as your Lord and Savior, then you have made the right choice. You have made the best decision. You have chosen wisely. Because wrong decisions can lead to wrong actions, and wrong actions can lead to terrible results. And on the other hand, good decisions could lead to good actions and good results. It's our choice. We have to decide. Will we obey God or will we not? Amazing, the power 
of choice. And so many times we pray for things, so many times we ask for things that are not God's will, and the Lord has to show us that that wasn't His will at all because He's given us the power to choose and He wants us to let Him choose and let Him direct us in our choices and decisions. And I read a, it's in our red book. If you want to pull out the red book and turn to uh, number 408, it's not a hymn, but it's a reading. And it really spoke to me. I was looking for a hymn to sing and I came across this and it really spoke to my heart. It was written by an anonymous Confederate soldier during the war between the states. And it says this, I asked God for strength that I might achieve. I was made weak that I might learn to humbly obey. I asked for health that I might do greater things. I was given infirmity that I might do better things. I asked for riches that I might be happy. I was given poverty that I might be wise. I asked for power that I might have the praise of men. I was given weakness that I might feel the need for God. I asked for things that I might enjoy life. I was given life that I might enjoy things. I got nothing I asked for, but everything I had hoped for. Almost despite myself, my unspoken prayers were answered. I am among all men most richly blessed. Isn't that an amazing thing? So many times we think we know the answers. We think we know what's right. We think we know what decisions to make, but we don't consult the Lord. And when we do that, we can make some very horrible decisions that can have not only immediate effects, but lifelong effects and for all eternity as well. The title of our message today is Choosing Wisely. Choosing wisely. When you have a choice to make, when you have a decision to make, whatever it is, we want to choose wisely. We want to choose God's will. We want to choose the right decision. And when we do, we are blessed. We have peace. And God will richly bless us. Let's turn in our Bibles today to 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 5 through 15. We're going to read the story about Solomon and how God had come to him and had offered him to ask whatever he wanted of the Lord at this point in time. And this is the story of young Solomon and what he went through as he took over the kingdom from his father David and he is going through these things. 1 Kings chapter 3, verse, beginning at verse 5. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask, what shall I give you? And Solomon said, You have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him, and you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David, but I am, like, I am a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people, whom you have chosen a great people, too numerous to be counted, numbered or counted. 
Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? The speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Then God said to him, Because you have asked this thing and have not asked long life for yourself, nor have you asked riches for yourself, nor have you asked the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice. Behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart, so that there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall any arise after you. And I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be anyone like you among all the kings all your days. So if you walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments, as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. Then Solomon awoke, and indeed it had been a dream, and he came to Jerusalem and stood before the ark of the covenant of the Lord and offered up burnt offerings, offered peace offerings, and made a feast for all his servants. May God bless the reading of his word to our hearts today. We're going to look at three things today. Number one, God's offer to Solomon. Number two, Solomon's choice for wisdom. And number three, the greatest result of wisdom, plus all the other things that God gave him in addition to what he had asked for. So first of all, let's look at God's offer to Solomon. And imagine this morning if this offer was not just made to Solomon, but suppose God had made you that offer, and he would have said to you, Caitlin, ask, what shall I do for you? Milton, ask, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want? What's important to you? Alex, what would you like? Tell me, I'll give it to you. And that's exactly what he did to Solomon. Now, he didn't give him a list and say, here, Solomon, here's the list of things that you can choose from. Pick the one that you want the most and choose it, and I'll give it to you. He didn't say that. He said, ask. You ask me, and I will give it to you. It's amazing. Can you imagine if God had a checkbook, and he took out a, his checkbook, and he signed a check, and he put a date on it, and he said... Here's your name, I've written it on here, and all you have to do, here you go, Brother uh, Jeff, all you have to do is fill in the amount you want. Well, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be amazing? And God has an account that never has, an I mean, there's no overdrafts. He has all the resources in the world. It'll never bounce. You can write it for whatever you want. Wouldn't that be a tremendous thing? It really would. Now, if I gave you a check and I said, write it for whatever you want, and you were to write this huge amount, and it came back, insufficient funds. Dean, you told me. Well, I did, but I didn't know you were going to write it for $10,000 or a million dollars or whatever it is. But God didn't put any restrictions on Solomon. He said, you ask it, I'll give it to you and you will give it to you in abundance. It's an amazing thing. It reminds me of the story in the New Testament of Herod. And when he, was, he had uh, all his men around him, and they had this big party, and, 
and uh, Herodias, his wife, was there, and she had a daughter named, and her name was Salome, and she danced before him, and he promised, whatever you ask, I'm going to give you, and he even said, up to half of my kingdom. It says in the word, it says in Mark 6, 22 and 23, and it says, and when Herodias' daughter herself came in and danced and pleased Herod and those who sat with him, the king said to the girl, ask me whatever you want and I will give it to you. He also swore to her, whatever you ask me, I will give you, how much? Up to half of my kingdom. But notice when God gives a gift to us, he doesn't give us up to half the kingdom, he gives us the whole kingdom. And when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you become an heir of God and a fellow heir with Christ. You have an inheritance which is incorruptible and undefiled and which fades not away because it's reserved in heaven for us. He gives us the whole thing. Or I like that expression, the whole enchilada. The whole thing, everything. He gives to us. God is not a miser. He doesn't say, well, okay, I can't give you all that. I'm going to give you this much, and we'll see if I can trust you with it. No, I'm going to give you the whole kingdom. I'm going to give it to you all. And that's how much God loves us, and we're so unworthy. We don't deserve his mercy. We don't deserve his grace. But he's so good to us. And here, Herod was offering a temporary kingdom, an earthly kingdom, which with, with all its limited resources, and God is offering an eternal kingdom, a heavenly kingdom with all his resources, quite a contrast indeed. But imagine the possibilities that Solomon had when he had to answer that question, what will you want from me? What shall I give you? You know, getting saved is the best choice you can ever make. You'll never regret it. If you're sitting here today and you haven't received Christ and you say, I choose to follow him today, I choose to accept him today, I can tell you what thing. Immediately, there will be immediate consequences, immediate change in your life. And he's going to not only change your life now, but he's going to change it for your whole life on earth. And beyond that, he's going to take that and he's going to change it for all eternity. What a tremendous decision we have to make. And people can actually walk away from the Lord and say, no thank you, or not now. Maybe another time, maybe another day, maybe later when I get older, maybe after I've graduated from college, maybe after I've gotten married, maybe after I've had kids, maybe when I retire. And who knows how much time each person has. No one knows but the Lord. And so we need to make sure we get saved. That's why it says in John chapter 1, verse 12, it says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right or the authority to believe in his name. Yes, we thank God for that decision of salvation. You know, when you take a job, you have to take into consideration more than just the salary, don't you? It's good to have a job that has a good, high salary. But the other thing you have to take in, into consideration is what are the benefits? Now, if you get a job and it's got hmm, great salary but not good benefits, that's not going to help you that much because it's going to reduce that, really, that you get. But when you get a good job that gets a good salary and gets great benefits, then you say, that's for me, right? But that's what God gives. He gives you the benefit of salvation, and then he gives you all the blessings that go with it. It says in Ephesians 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has given us all spiritual blessings 
in heavenly places in Christ. We are richly blessed. And so when God made that offer to Solomon, it's a, Solomon, it's a wonderful offer he made. And Solomon could have asked anything he wanted, but amazingly, he chose to have wisdom. Wisdom. He chose to have an understanding heart, discernment to know between good and evil, and what a great decision he made. You know, it's, it's quite a thing that he made that choice, and we can make the same choices for the Lord today. Secondly, we see that Solomon's choice for wisdom showed that he chose wisely because God gave him a special wisdom that no one else before him had, and no one after him will ever have that same kind of wisdom. It is an amazing thing. And we see that God was pleased by what he had asked. Because he asked in verse 9, he says his response, Therefore give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to judge this great people of, ours, of yours? It's an amazing thing. Solomon at this point in his life was humble. He saw himself like a little child. He says, Lord, I'm like a little child, not knowing what to do. I need that wisdom to do your will and to carry on the affairs of the people of Israel. He calls them a great people. And so he adds, I don't know how to go out or to come in. I'm just like a little child. You know, we watched the other night on Friday night. I really enjoyed it. It's called Young Victoria. It's a story of Queen Victoria. And she began to reign at the age of 18 years old. Well, how would an 18-year-old have the wisdom and, and the knowledge and the experience necessary to rule over the British Empire like that? Well, she needed advisors. She needed helpers. She needed people to, to guide her. And she had some good ones, but she also had some bad ones. And she had to navigate through that. But she became a great queen, had nine children with her husband, and it's an amazing, wonderful story. But that was the story that we focused on on this movie was young Victoria. And today we're focusing on young Solomon and the right decisions he made. Later on, however, older Solomon made some bad decisions. And at the end of his life, it was a sad story. We have to make good and right decisions now, and we have to make them all the way to the end of our lives. Because any decision that we make that's wrong can take us off the path, can veer us outside God's will. And if you make a decision outside of God's will, you can do some of the most terrible, horrible things that can affect you, your family, and others around you if you make the wrong decisions. And so Solomon prayed for wisdom so that he would make the right decisions. Yes, God gave him the choice and he chose wisely. He made the right choice. We need God to give us the wisdom, the leading, the direction, the guidance, the discernment, the help and the strength. We need God's answers. We need God's will in our lives because we face decisions, sometimes very big decisions. Who am I going to marry? This is a decision that you young people have to make. And young people, oftentimes, you don't have the experience. You don't have the, the knowledge at that point. So you have to rely on the Lord, and you have to rely on godly counsel. Otherwise, if you make the wrong decision and marry the wrong person, you are going to live with that decision in regret every single day the rest of your life. 
Who wants to make a decision like that? Think of the ramifications of making a bad decision like that. Other decisions, they're not quite as important, but they're still important. What house do I buy? What car do I buy? Where do I live? What job do I take? And many different decisions. We have to make these decisions every day. And we need God's wisdom to make them so that we'll make the right choices. And others are watching us to see what choices we're going to make. And what we make, what decisions we make and decisions we, we take will affect us and affect others. There's a man named Fulton Arsler which once said this, in making our decisions, we must use the brains God has given us, but we must also use the hearts which he also gave us. God has given us a mind, he's given us a heart, and he wants us to use it, and he wants us to trust in him and say, Lord, direct my path. I dare not step one step to the left or one step to the right, but right down the center of your will. And the only way we can do it is to make the right decisions with his help. You know, there's people in the Bible who made good choices, and there's people in the Bible who made bad choices, disastrous choices. And for every Abraham, there was a lot. Yes. For every Joshua, there was an Achan. For every Paul, there was a Demas. And for every Timothy, there was a John Mark. And you can see the first one in that category was the one who made the good decision. And the one that I mentioned second were ones that made bad decisions. And so you can see throughout Scripture, there are people that made good choices and others that did not. Next time you read the Bible and you're reading along a story or reading about a certain Bible character, ask yourself this question. Did that person make the right decision? Did they make the right choice or did they not? And what was the result of it? It's a good study method. It's a good Bible study method among many. We see today how important it is to make the good decision. We all know Andy Griffith, right? Great actor, starred in the movies, TV. He was really, really good. I love Andy Griffith. And if you still have a chance to watch it on syndication, the Andy Griffith show is still a classic. And so the story is told that after his television so ran its course, and they, they always discontinue these shows. Some last a year, some don't even last a year, some last many years, like MASH, I think, was the longest running of all time. But Andy Griffith's show went quite a long time, and it's still on, I think, TV land, it's still on. It's a great one. Well, one day, as he was no longer working, he started to worry. And he and his wife, Cindy, were living in Los Angeles at this time, and he wasn't getting any calls. The phone wasn't ringing. He wasn't getting anything in the mail. Nobody's inviting him to come over and try out for this movie or, you know, interview for it or anything. And so finances become tighter and tighter because you're living in a house that costs a lot of money. You're living in an expensive area. Things are very, started to get a little bit tight and they started to think. And so Andy thought maybe what we should do is move back to North Carolina where I'm from. Let's move on back and we'll go back to North Carolina where I'm from and things will be simpler and better there and it'll all work out real good. So they decided Cindy, we're going to put the house on the market, and there we are, putting the house on the market there in Los Angeles. The problem was, at that time, the real estate market was not as good as it is today. Home prices weren't, were, houses were not selling like they were. You weren't getting the value. You weren't able to sell them from over market like you are now. Yeah, not at all. And so they said, wow, 
this is bad. Lord, what are we going to do? The house has been on the market now for weeks and months, and it's not selling. What are we going to do? And finally, Cindy had an idea. She had an insight that maybe it's a good thing that we couldn't sell our house. She said, maybe God is showing us his grace. And these are Christian folks. He's a believer. And if, they move to North, if we move to North Carolina, you may never work again because this is where your job is here in this area. So we need to stoke the fire. And I can just see the passion that's coming up in her. We need to stoke the fire. So that's what they did. Every day, they got up in the morning and they went to these talent to where the, the studios were and where they would talk to the agents and all this, and they went out to lunch with them, and of course they're praying all this time, and sure enough, in a few short months, uh, it started to come in. He started to get offers. He had four TV movies that same year, four TV movies. That's a lot for anybody. And then in, it included a pilot for a series called Matlock. A show that ended up running for nine years. Now, what would have happened to Andy and Cindy if they had just gone and gone off on their own, made that decision on their own, gone back to North Carolina, no four TV movies, no Matlock series, it would have been totally different. And when we make a decision on our own, thinking it sounds good, it sounds right, it, it makes sense to me, it makes sense to let's pack up, let's move. No, wait, pray, ask God to show you. In the Old Testament, remember, the people of Israel had the pillar of cloud by day and they had the pillar of fire by night and they weren't to move until the pillar of cloud moved and then, or the pillar of fire moved, then they were to pack up and move right away. And so many times in our lives, we don't have those physical signs, do we? The pillar of cloud and pillar of fire would be pretty easy to go. But he wants us to wait on him and make the right choice, make the right decision. We've heard about it when we share on Wednesday night. People have had answers to prayer. Uh, it was, I was going to take this job, and then I found out. I took this other job. The Lord showed me, and then I looked back, and all the people were laid off in that whole department. It would have been a disaster. Coincidence? No. God's will, yes. And when we make the right decisions and we make the right choices, God is in it and he'll bless us and he'll bless us richly and abundantly. As Adel always says, God honors those who honor him. And that's what happens when we choose to choose the Lord's will. And finally, the third thing this morning is, is the greatest result of wisdom and getting all these other things you know, God was happy. You know, you can imagine when the Lord heard Solomon ask for wisdom, he's probably he, saying, yes, I gave him the choice. He could have had anything he wanted. He could have had riches. He could have had the enemies, all his enemies killed. He could have had all this honor and all these things of the world. And he chose me. He chose my wisdom. God was pleased with that. And when God sees our heart is in his things, on the things of the Lord, that makes the Lord happy. He is pleased with that. We were reading recently in our verse of the day that we have every day that comes out, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 that says these words, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Choose that and all these things shall be added to you. 
And that's what happened with Solomon. The Lord was so pleased by what the decision that Solomon gave him is the Lord said, Solomon, in verse 13, I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be anyone like you among all the kings all your days. And Solomon probably thought, wow, I just asked for wisdom and God gave me all these other things. And that's what he does. When we put him first, he gives us the blessing, and that blessing then goes out further and further into other things. You know, they often talk about two things, two analogies I like a lot. One is the ripple effect. If you take a pebble and you take it out to a, a pond or a pool and you drop the pebble in, there's a ripple effect. And that reminds us of the decision-making we have, the choices we make have a ripple effect to our lives and to others, and it goes out, 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 so that good decisions have a ripple effect for good, and bad decisions have a ripple effect for bad. The other one I like is also very good. It's the domino effect, the domino effect. And if you have dominoes and you line them up on the table, we've all done this as kids playing the game of dominoes, you line them up and, so, and you push them and pretty soon one ducks down, the other ducks down until all the dominoes fall. That again is an analogy of the decisions and the choices we make for good or for bad. They're going to knock down all the dominoes and it's either going to be a great blessing because you made a good choice, or it's going to be disaster when they all fall down. May the Lord help us to make the right choices, the right decisions, to ask God for his insight, for his wisdom, for his direction, and then may we take it. You know, it's one thing to read the word and to know what it says and to, to be guided by it and pray about it. And, and then it's another thing, too, to go to counsel and get the right counsel. So you've got everything lined up. You've read the word. You've prayed. You've gotten godly counsel. There's only one thing left to do. Make the decision based on it. Because we've seen so many people down through the years. They've gone through the process. They've prayed. They've read the word. They've gotten godly counsel. And still they did what they wanted. Still they did their own thing. Still they made that bad choice. And you say, what happened? They had all the good going for them. And they still made the wrong choice. May God help us to make the right choice. Someone once said this. When God gives insight to make a decision with foresight, you will never have a need for hindsight. And that's true. Because you'll never have to look back because they say hindsight is 2020, right? And so sometimes we look back and we say, well, now I know what I know now. I shouldn't have made that decision now that I know. But when you do God's will, you never have to look over your shoulder and look back and say, what if, suppose, I maybe shouldn't have done it. I, looking back in hindsight, it wasn't the good thing uh, after all. But you'll you won't have to worry about it when you do God's will because when God gives insight, to make a decision with foresight, and he knows the future, then you have no need for hindsight. Yes, and he gives us such a peace, too. When we make a good decision, and it's in his will, we have a peace that passes all understanding, and we don't have to be worried about it. People might think, you're crazy. You turned down that job? You gave up a chance to buy that house where it's located? You, you did this, you did that, you didn't do the right thing. There's going to be worldly voices speaking to you all the time. It was wrong, you didn't do it, you shouldn't do it. But when God's in it, his still small voice says, do it, do my will. 
There's a verse of scripture I love a lot too that says, I heard a voice behind me saying, I, here is the way, walk in it. And that's what we do. We want to hear God's voice, not man's. I love the stories of uh, Star Wars. You know, the Star Wars saga comes out and, and there's going to be another movie coming out, as I understand, pretty shortly. I believe around Christmas time. But I like Star Wars and I remember the original one. It's kind of probably my favorite, the original. But all of them have great lessons behind them. And I remember Obi-Wan Kenobi. He was in that first one. Alec Guinness, and he was really good. And I remember when he said to Luke, he said, you have chosen wisely. You have chosen wisely, my son. But you know, his father was exactly the opposite of Luke. Remember who his father was, Anakin Skywalker. He made the decision, instead of going on to be a Jedi and going the right way and the right way of the Force, he went to the dark side. He chose the dark side. He did not choose wisely. And because of that, who did Anakin Skywalker become? Darth Vader. You know Darth Vader. He goes to all the Raider games, right? <clears throat> so that's who he turned out to be. He turned out to be Darth Vader. And Darth Vader became evil. And he killed so many people. And he, had so, he harmed so many. But... At the end, he did repent, we see it, and he turned good, but it was too late, he died, but it, it's, it's a true story in, in life that we need to make the right decisions. In this case, it wasn't like father like son. The son made the wise choice, the father had made the wrong choice. And that is the thing. We need to make right choices. And we then have to live with our choices. We have to live with our decisions. We have to live with our consequences, whether they're good or bad. That's why Joshua, at the end of his life, and he gathered all the nation of Israel together, and he told them, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods that are on the other side of the river or the gods where you're going into now into the land of Canaan. Choose you this day. But he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We've made the choice to follow the Lord. You want to come along with us? Fine. But if you don't, we're still going to follow the Lord. Just like the song says, though no go none go with me, I still will follow, no turning back. And Joshua made the right choice. He and, and Caleb, they made the right choice when they were spies in the land and they were out there and they were the only two to make the choice, say, let's go in and conquer those people. God has got them right for the taking, and we can go in and take the promised land. And the others were saying, no, no, there's giants there. We can't stand against them. They'll kill us. They'll defeat us. We can't do it. And God was displeased with those who had made those statements. And all the adult people, including all those other spies, all died in the wilderness. And only Caleb and only Joshua and all the younger people went in to the promised land. Good decision, good choice, and they ended up blessed. So as we conclude the message this morning, let's remember that God has given us the power of choice, just like he gave to Solomon. He's given us a will. He wants us to make the right choices, and when we do make those right choices, he is pleased and he is happy with it. But when we make the wrong choices, God still, in his mercy and grace, allows it to happen. He will allow us to go through some hard times, like children that skin their knee or fall down or do something wrong and they get hurt, and the parent doesn't like to see it. God doesn't like to see it. But he says, 
trust me, make the right choice, make the right decision. I want the best for you. And God loves us that much. He wants us to choose heavenly things over earthly things. He wants us to put him first and make the right choices and decisions. And when God gave Solomon wisdom, he has that same wisdom available to us today as well. He says in James, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. You knew, imagine God offering you that wisdom. He does, and he wants us to use it. He wants us to use our minds and our hearts and the wisdom he's given us to make the right choices and the right decisions. Shall we just close in a word of prayer? And I'm going to ask you this morning if there's anyone here that doesn't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. You have been putting it off. You have been fighting against God. You have been resisting and saying, no, not now, no, Lord, no. Let's make today the day. Don't walk out the door without receiving Christ. It's the most important decision that you can make. Make it today to believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, that he took your place, that he made a choice to come down from heaven. He made a choice to die on the cross for you. He made a choice to give his life. And now we just have to make the choice to accept him as our Lord and Savior, to repent of our sins, to accept him as Lord and Savior. It's a choice you have to make. And the more you put it off and the more you delay it, it's going to make it a harder choice to make. Make it now today. Make it while you're young. Don't wait till you're older. Don't wait till you get sick. Don't wait till you are on your deathbed when you don't know for sure you're going to be able to make that decision. And if you're here today and you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're going to walk out that door. You're going to start work tomorrow. You're going to go to school. You're going to have choices. You're going to have decisions to make. Make them with the Lord. Make the right choices, the right decisions based on His Word and prayer and godly counsel. Shall we just close in a word of prayer? We thank you, our Father, for your word, and we pray that you will speak to us, Lord. We thank you for Solomon. You gave him the choice to ask for whatever he wanted, and he asked for wisdom. We thank you that you not only gave him the wisdom, but gave him all the other things as well. Lord, all we have to do is put you first. Seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, and all the other things shall be added to us. And we pray you'll bless us, Lord, in the decisions that we make and the choices that we make. And may they be good ones, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.